Welcome to Open-Minded Healing, where the topic is alternative health. We will be having conversations with the practitioners that offer a variety of alternative healing modalities, as well as everyday people who have recovered their health outside of the MD's office. Join us with an open mind for conversations that may provide solutions to healing your own body on a mental, physical, and spiritual level. I'm Marla Miller. Let's begin. Welcome everyone to Open-Minded Healing. I'm your host, Marla Miller, and today we're going to be talking to Dr. Antone about the many benefits of hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So if you struggle with any kind of inflammation, whether it be from a chronic illness or autoimmune, Lyme, traumatic brain injury, among many others, this may provide a solution for your own health issue. So let's get started. Welcome, Dr. Antone. Thank you. So do you want to explain just briefly what a hyperbaric chamber does, what the purpose is? What a hyperbaric chamber can do is infuse oxygen as a solution into your plasma, which takes it deep into tissue that has been compromised by inflammation. Okay, that puts it very succinctly. So what types of ailments or injuries can be treated with this oxygenated process? There are many acute and chronic issues that can be treated with hyperbaric oxygen therapy because the bottom line on many injuries is inflammation. Inflammation reduces the flow of blood to an injured area. And so because hyperbaric oxygen therapy infuses oxygen as a solution into your plasma, it gets around these inflamed areas to the injured area. So soft chambers are mostly used for chronic ailments, everything from aging through arthritis, sports injuries, and things like that. However, they can also be used for traumatic brain injury. It used to be called concussion. Now it's called TBI. Concussions, both acute and post-acute, which means it could be up to years after the concussion, can be treated with hyperbaric oxygen therapies. So there's two different types of hyperbaric chambers, right? One is like a metal, well, maybe you can describe it just briefly, like the hard chamber versus a soft chamber, what that even looks like. Okay. There are two types of hard chambers. One is an acrylic chamber. Many people remember the picture of Michael Jackson laying in a see-through chamber. And another type is a stainless steel tube that has a large acrylic door that you can look in and out of. And those chambers are typically uh, designed to go to very high pressures, two atmospheres and 2.5 atmospheres. And they're uh, really great for very acute conditions, post-heart attack, burns all over your body, and about 11 other conditions that you can find on the FDA's website that are approved for those kinds of ailments. Soft chambers, on the other hand, are made of a material that is 44-ounce medical TPU, which is a type of material embedded with Dacron fibers. And that material was pioneered by NASA for their early spacesuits. These chambers can go up as high as 1.5 ATA. And uh, that's mainly the difference. Both chambers are very effective. Uh, Most people are going to find that a soft chamber will serve their needs. So the main difference is the amount of pressure and the amount of oxygen? Yes. In a hard chamber, 
typically they will feed the oxygen directly into the chamber and it's usually 100% oxygen. So that means you have to wear a hospital gown. You cannot wear outside clothing because of spark danger, which will explode or cause a, a flash fire inside the chamber. And then in a soft chamber, the usage of oxygen is a percentage of around 96 plus or minus percent. That's fed in via an oxygen line to the person in the chamber via a small acrylic mask. So it's much safer. You can wear your street clothes in there and experience all the benefits of oxygen therapy. Another problem with the hard chambers using 100% oxygen is that kind of oxygen can be toxic over time. So you have to take a break after 15, 20 sessions. Otherwise, you get oxygen toxicity syndrome, which is um, symptoms like having a very bad flu and dizziness and things like that. But that doesn't happen in soft chambers, feeding only 96%. Okay, that's interesting. Is there any contraindications to using a hyperbaric chamber? Yes, there are several. Uh, people with compromised um, eardrums, for instance, who can't clear their ears. Uh, certain cancer drugs, the chemotherapy drugs, you have to take a several-day break after using those drugs. Then you can do hyperbaric for a while uh, in between and then stop the hyperbaric and continue with your chemotherapy in a rhythm like that. The hyperbaric will alleviate the nausea and other discomforts of the chemotherapy. Also, things like pneumothorax, which is a punctured lung, and several other types of ailments, including very high blood pressure that is uncontrolled, um, diabetes that is uncontrolled, and a few other things. You're saying that people that have those things should not use it? Correct. Okay. Now, you said diabetes. Isn't the hyperbaric chamber good for someone with diabetes? It can be if the diabetes is not too severe. One of the things that the hard chambers are approved for is diabetic wounds and diabetic loss of blood supply to the periphery. Those are for hard chambers, and it needs a doctor's clearance to go in there and do that. And the issue is that um, hyperbaric oxygen has a tendency to speed up your mitochondria in their production of ATP, and then that can interfere with uh, some of the substances that diabetic people are taking to decrease their blood sugar. So it, it, it's, a, it's a call that the doctor has to make in an interview with the person who's seeking hyperbaric therapy. Okay. You mean it might make their therapy from the doctor less effective? Yes, it could make their diabetes worse. So the doctor has to interview them, take a history, uh, and evaluate that person to see if they could be helped by it or hurt by it. Okay. And then what about someone with a traumatic brain injury? Is there benefit to them to use a hyperbaric chamber? Yes, hyperbaric therapy is probably the therapy of choice for traumatic brain injury at this time uh, because the sloshing of the brain that takes place during a concussion actually injures the brain just like it would injure your arm if you hit your arm with a hammer. It causes bruising, inflammation, and loss of blood supply to the cells. So that's pretty dangerous when it happens inside the brain. So what hyperbaric can do is, as I mentioned earlier, infuse oxygen into the plasma, which gets around these areas of inflammation, bringing oxygen to the cells, getting them back in line, and allowing the whole brain 
to heal. And then what might be another common injury that's benefited from the metal hyperbaric chamber? The hard chamber. Uh, The hard chamber. Yeah. As I mentioned, out on the FDA's site, there's a list of about 13 conditions that they've approved of. And they're all, if you were to read them, they're all very severe conditions. So post-stroke is is one, as I said, diabetes, diabetic ulcers, burns all over your body, and a couple of other things are what they recommend hyperbaric for. And then over to the uh, soft chambers, it's much more tuned into chronic conditions. So to answer your question, A lot of people who come to me have other kinds of injuries or um, systemic problems. For instance, recently I've had a case of Haley-Haley disease, which is a genetic disease resulting in sores, blisters, and inflammation in different spots around your torso and behind your knees. And after 20 sessions, this person no longer has episodes. And so that's pretty encouraging when she had tried five years of drugs and other things prescribed to her by the medical community and over the counter. That's fantastic. Yeah, I was very happy to see that happen. Other things I've had recently were a person whose knee ligaments were torn. He does not want to do surgery at this time. His knee was inflamed. He could barely walk. He's only done eight sessions and the inflammation is almost down to zero as proved by a recent MRI compared to an MRI of uh, two months ago. And he's able to wear a knee brace and walk around without a limp and in the interim, of course, trying to decide if he wants to do surgery. But right now we're keeping him active and unhealthy. Wow. Yeah, that's really great if you can make surgery unnecessary. Yes, and the mechanism of that is quite interesting, as is being uh, researched and shown by Israelis in their hyperbaric research that is ongoing. And that is that hyperbaric oxygen therapy creates angiogenesis, which is the formation of new blood vessels in response to the hyperbaric um, pressure combined with the high oxygen intake. And there's also neurogenesis, the creation of new nerve cells. So with the angiogenesis and neurogenesis, you get accelerated healing both in the brain and in the periphery. Oh, yeah, that's very interesting. Well, it seems like that would be helpful to your whole body. Yes, indeed. It's funny, the way that this all got started, from my understanding of it, is in Australia when they were treating divers with the bends. Uh, The bends, of course, is when you are in a deep dive, nitrogen forms inside your bloodstream. And if you come up too quickly, those nitrogen bubbles expand and it creates excruciating pain in the entire body. So these Australian divers decided, well, it's too difficult to get that person down to depth again. So what if we put them in this big old um, chamber that they welded together and bring up the pressure to the same as where it was and then slowly bring them back? And they found that that, of course, healed what's called the bends. But aside from that, the divers were saying, hey, I used to have this elbow injury that's been plaguing me for six months and it's gone. And they're like, oh, my gosh. So (laughs) the guys who were doing the therapy for the the divers uh, began to go in there for their own problems and logging it. And that's how it all got started back in the 1950s. So started off with healing the bends, but then saw all the major benefit. Yeah, they Uh, begin to notice it. 
And then it was really quite popular for a while. Then it kind of died away because who has access to a giant tank where you can sit at a table and play cards with the other divers? Um, so it became, as I said, pretty inaccessible to the average person. Hospitals weren't that interested. And then as the 70s and 80s came on, there was um, the, the development of smaller chambers that were hard chambers that hospitals began to use for extreme injuries and some of the things that the FDA has uh, shown that they approve of. And then, uh, let's see if I remember correctly, in the 90s, there was the discovery of this 44-ounce uh, medical-grade thermoplastic material, and soft chambers were invented. And that changed everything, because now a clinic could have a chamber that didn't cost $85,000, and you didn't have to have oxygen tanks and all that sort of thing. And people at home could buy them uh, with a prescription from their doctor, with a direction from their doctor and uh, much more economically have that therapy at their homes. Yeah, I have heard of a couple, well, celebrities that have them in their homes, have their own yes. oxygen chamber. And it's which... extremely popular with um, National Football League players. They have the money to purchase them, and so they're using them in their homes, and they're getting back on the field in record time. Oh, that's great for football players. With all mm -hmm. the head trauma, I would think that'd be very beneficial. Absolutely. That's great. So I know you have one in your office, a soft chamber one, which I've yes, used and sat in. And I have to say it's very comfortable and relaxing. And it's like meditating for an hour and you come out of it feeling really great. So as far as other people have come into your office, I've seen some young men there. They look like they're maybe college or high school even age. And, you know, and they look healthy. So it doesn't mean they don't have a brain injury or something. But I'm wondering what they might come in for, you know, how yes. it might benefit a younger generation. Right. During the times that you were coming in, uh, I was treating a couple of teenagers and a 23-year-old. All three of them uh, had concussions and they had tried everything to alleviate the post-concussion syndrome, which is dizziness, visual disturbances, mood changes, depression, anxiety, panic attacks, all of those things. And they were being treated, and they're all completely better now. Uh, one person just finished his 40-session treatment schedule, and he is completely normal. A couple of the younger kids uh, that you may have noticed during your time at my clinic, I was treating them with neurofeedback. It's called EEG neurofeedback, which trains the brain to manage itself in the background. And that was for ADD and ADHD. So concurrent with that, I would also put them in the chamber because of the neurogenesis factor of hyperbaric. We would create new brain cells and um, oxygenate the existing brain cells. And the two therapies together just pop these kids right out of that ADD and their grades go up and they're happier at home. And it's really quite wonderful. Well, that's fantastic news because that's a very common thing. So if you found something that works for them, that's amazing. Yes, I've had infants in there too who were hypoxic during birth. Hypoxic means they were deprived of sufficient oxygen when they were entering and transiting the birth canal and creates brain damage. And in the past, there wasn't really a lot you could do for that child. That child was going to have deficits their entire life. But I've had moms come in with um, children that were just several months old, up to 18 months old. And within 15, 20 sessions, these children's 
HAPGAR scores begin to normalize and they have a chance to grow up and be normal. Wow. I bet the parents are thrilled with that. Absolutely. I was curious, what is the youngest age and what is the oldest age of person that's been treated and I've gotten treated, success, I guess, out of it? Yeah, I've treated with success uh, infants that were only three or four months old, all the way up to a great grandmother who was 91, who was having decline in her mental acuity and um, was a mother of a doctor. We were getting some great successes with her. So he went ahead and purchased uh, one of my hard chambers. And he has that at his clinic and he's treating his mom now and she's still doing very well. Oh, great. I bet a lot of people would be interested in that aspect as well. Yes, I, I have soft chambers that I have made for me that I provide to other doctors and to people for their homes. And there are also um, hard chambers, stainless steel, that are really beautiful. And they have an acrylic door that seals when the pressure comes up. So you can lay there and look out and the, and the doctor or family member can see you inside. So either one of those chambers are um, available and they're just wonderful. Oh, great. So do you want to talk about the time frame of healing some of these things? I'm sure every person is a little bit different, but if someone comes in with a concussion, what would be a typical time frame? How many sessions and how long do the sessions last? Sessions last between 60 minutes and 90 minutes. So the way I make that determination is if the person has really bad TBI symptoms, in other words, very much dizzy a lot, very depressed, anxious, terrible mood swings, can't read. If they try to read a book or a newspaper, their their eyes can't track very well. I will do 90-minute sessions with that person, and I usually have them completely healed in about 40 sessions. A lot of other people, especially young teenagers who have football or other contact injuries uh, to the brain, I usually can get them back to normal with 60-minute sessions and about 20, 25 sessions. Just because of the age? You mean? Yes, they're much more resilient in that younger age. The brain is still growing all the way up into uh, a person's 20s. And therefore, the neurogenesis can really make a huge difference. All right. And then what about, now we talked about diabetes, and can you explain maybe a little bit more how that process, if they get the okay from their doctor and it's not contraindicated with their medication, how is that helping their wounds? Well, the wounds are because as your blood sugar stays high for long periods of time, measured by a blood test called hemoglobin A1c, if that hemoglobin A1c is elevated for months, it shows that your body is chronically plagued with high glucose levels. Those levels of glucose can shut down circulation in the periphery, fingertips, toes, ears, and a diabetic person at that point can stub their toe, for instance, and not really know because it's sort of numb. It's been numb for a while. They don't see it. They don't look at it very often. But that little injury now doesn't get sufficient blood to heal, and it can actually turn into gangrene where they have to have that toe amputated. So of course, before that ever happens, hyperbaric can get involved and get that oxygen around the inflamed area to begin the healing process. Secondly, for mild diabetes, people with just sort of early onset diabetes and some chronic diabetes issues and high blood sugar, but not really 
getting into those levels of diabetic neuropathy. What happens is that the oxygen infused into the plasma speeds up an area in each cell called the mitochondria. It's a little factory, so to say, and it produces something called adenosine triphosphate, ATP. It's in a process called the Krebs cycle or the vitamin C cycle. And oxygen feeds in at several points in that cycle to end up with a molecule called ATP. ATP is kind of the currency of our bodies. It's what keeps us going. It's what allows us to actually move. And so for a diabetic, uh, that increases their energy. And then the energy efficient helps to burn off some of the blood sugar that's in excess and keep their weight down a little bit. And then with proper advice as to diet and some herbal supplements, homeopathics and Chinese herbs, we can address the blood sugar problem. And all of that together starts to add up to a reduction in the blood sugar and a sidestepping of where they're headed towards a diabetic over the long term. Well, I hope people listening are taking notes you know, especially if they know of or they're experiencing anything related to diabetes. So that's interesting information to have. So in your own office, have you seen anything related to, say, autoimmune or like Crohn's? I know they've used oxygen therapy of some kind for Crohn's that they found beneficial, but I wasn't sure about the hyperbaric chamber. Yes, those things can be addressed with hyperbaric oxygen therapies because once again, we're back to the story of inflammation, uh, intestinal inflammation, inflammation in the stomach lining. Those things can be addressed because once the inflammation is reduced, the body has a chance to do its natural work, which is to heal. So if the person is advised as to a dietary approach to their problem, and again, perhaps the addition of specific herbs, homeopathics, and or Chinese remedies, the addition of hyperbaric can be of great help to return that person to a point where they can begin to eat other kinds of foods and not have these issues. So how long would you see that process taking before they can see some positive benefit from it? Depending on the severity and the length of time they have had the issue, I would say between 20 and 40 sessions, a lot could be done to return that person to health. That's great because there's a lot of people out there with autoimmune conditions and Crohn's yes, in it's particular. Epidemic. Yeah. It's epidemic right now and it's being exacerbated by vaccinations, especially for the COVID-19. There are many people who do not respond very well to the mRNA vaccine because the mRNA produces a spike protein continuously post-vaccination. And for people who already have a bit of an autoimmune problem, that puts their inflammation levels on overload because their body now has to deal with a new element of a spike protein being produced by the mRNA, and they go into hyper exacerbation of their condition. So once again, hyperbaric can step in and um, alleviate that inflammation process. And by the way, I've had uh, several people with long-haul COVID issues. And what that is are people who actually had the COVID-19 and then had symptoms that continued to persist over, sometimes over a year. And those symptoms can be anything from stomach issues to general inflammations, uh, depression, anxiety, uh, headaches, dizziness, lots of those types of issues. And I have people come in and they do 
three sessions a week for uh, eight to 12 weeks. And it really, really improves their situation by, once again, reducing the inflammation at the deep cellular level. What about Lyme? Is it helpful for people with Lyme? It can be very helpful. Lyme is a very complicated situation because everybody's different. All of us are very, very different in our immune activities and our metabolic activities, such that the the Lyme issue, the spirochetes that are created affect people in a lot of general same ways and a lot of specific different ways. So I've had mixed results with Lyme. I've had um, a young boy, nine years old, uh, with terrible Lyme, so he couldn't even go to school. His parents bought a chamber from me, put it in their home, and he is a healthy and strong teenager now. So it really did help him knock down the inflammation while he continued to grow and evolve. And his mom is a homeopathic therapist, and so she was treating him with homeopathic substances as well. So he's very well. I have a 45-year-old patient, on the other hand, whose Lyme disease has entrenched for over 15, 20 years, and uh, he can get some relief. He does once a week, and it helps him, but it's not getting rid of it. So it's, it's mixed results. It's, it's a very difficult and complicated issue. Yeah, I'm sure it is, depending on the length of time you've had it and also maybe the aging process and how resilient you are, or, you know, all the other factors that affect your health. Yes. And hyperbaric oxygen therapy is well uh, researched in the area of eliminating virus, fungus, and bacteria. Those things are anaerobic organisms. And it's my understanding that the uh, Borrelia and the Lyme spirochetes, they are also anaerobic organisms. They do not live very well in high oxygen environments. So all of those things can be knocked down uh, with a hyperbaric therapy. Well, that's good to know. There is something out there that can help Lyme. That's an, another tough one that so many people have and deal with. Absolutely. So is there anything you would tell someone who's thinking about the idea of the hyperbaric chamber that you would say to, you know, encourage them to test it out or to say, maybe this isn't for you? Yes, I think it's important to go to a clinic, uh, someone who has experience if you're going to go to a clinic. So let's let's cover two areas. Go to a clinic to do it or have it at your house. Either way, I think it's important to be evaluated by someone who's familiar with hyperbaric oxygen therapy who can evaluate you and say, yes, you're a candidate for this and I think it will really help you. Or no, you're not a candidate for this. I don't think it will help you and it may even harm you. So it's really important to start right there. After that, it's important to evaluate the cost factor. How much would it cost to go to a clinic to do 20 or 40 sessions compared to what it would cost to perhaps buy a soft chamber and have it at your home where not only yourself could be treated, but other family members could get a prescription from the same doctor that evaluated you and get their evaluation and then be treated at your house under the distant supervision of that doctor. That's good advice to first speak to someone who's an expert in that field and see if you even need it, if it would even benefit you, and then look at the cost difference if you're thinking of having it in your home. If you go out online, which many people do, and it's it's shocking to me every day, and I see people out online asking random people on Facebook and Twitter, TikTok, uh, et cetera, and asking for medical advice from just people out there. 
I, I would say be very cautious asking for medical advice from other people. At the same time, it's okay to ask questions for other people who've had problems that they've sought care for and find out how that care worked for them. That's a bit different. Secondly, uh, going out online and asking about hyperbaric, you're going to find out that a lot of people buy a chamber and they do not buy oxygen concentrators. So they're using the chamber without oxygen. And you're going to find Facebook pages that tell you, oh, you don't need the oxygen, just use the chamber. This is false information, and it can be detrimental to one's health. And the reason is very simple. Hyperbaric oxygen therapy operates on a couple of gas laws. One of them is called Henry's Law, which can be summed up by this statement. Any gas under pressure moves towards a solution, and then it increases the partial pressure of that gas, which means that gas is more available to the cells. So if you think about what we're breathing right now, we're breathing 21% oxygen, unless you live in downtown LA, it's less, and 78% nitrogen. So that's 21% oxygen, 78% nitrogen in room air. If you go into a chamber filled with room air and you're just breathing that air, this 21% oxygen can be infused into your blood more efficiently due to the increase of the partial pressure. And secondly, the 78% nitrogen will be infused into your blood. And this can cause irritation in your colon lining, which will bring on stomach problems, loose stool, and discomfort and a feeling of melee, kind of a flu-like feeling due to nitrogen toxicity. Why do that? I mean, it doesn't make any sense that these people argue for that because they're missing out on the O in HBOT. It's not hyperbaric therapy. It's hyperbaric oxygen therapy. So you must have the introduction of a high purity oxygen into that system, into you through a mask if you're using a soft chamber, and then you're getting all the benefits because you're breathing 96% oxygen and you're only breathing a few percent of nitrogen. So you're not going to get those problems. Yeah, I'd want to be very careful and know exactly what I was doing if I had one in my home. I wouldn't want to just wing it and ask the common public, I guess, what their thoughts were on it. Absolutely. And this is one of the reasons I got into it. I have chambers made for me, which I offer on my website. And along with that chamber comes an evaluation from me, a prescription from me, and constant support from me to answer questions and monitor uh, the person through their journey with hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Rather than just buying from some commerce site that their only interest is selling you a unit and then you're gone. And yeah. um, there's a lot more to it than just sending someone off with a hyperbaric system. Uh, yeah, I agree. So do you want to tell people where they can find you, where they can work with you possibly, and also where they might buy a hyperbaric chamber and work with you that way? Yes. Uh, either way, you could go to my website, D-R-A-N-T-O-N-E.com. That reads drantone.com. And my website talks about the EEG neurofeedback on the front page. Up at the top on the right, it says HBOT. Just click on that and it'll take you to several pages that are talking about what is hyperbaric oxygen, what's the difference between hard chambers and soft chambers, what are some of the latest research projects that are going on both in Israel and in this country? And it gives you a whole heck of a lot of information. And as you scroll all the way down, it talks about the prices of oxygen systems and oxygen concentrators, the technical aspects of each of those, and how you can take care of that, either coming to my clinic in Los Gatos, California, 
or if you're unable to do that, to get a system to have for your home. All right, great. And if someone wanted to work with someone and not buy one for their home, but come into an office, but they weren't near Los Gatos, is there a way to find reputable places? There are places, uh, but once again, the web searcher is going to bump into this issue. The difference between what some people are going to call medical hyperbaric, which is what they think is hard chambers only at really, really high pressures. And they're going to dis the soft chambers. That happens quite frequently. But more and more, there are sites out there of doctors who have soft chambers, who have experience with them, and they're getting amazing results with soft chambers. And that is also medical hyperbaric, especially if you're at 6 PSI and higher. My chambers are at 6 PSI. So you can find people that are going to talk about it and you're going to find results and science and all that stuff. Just have the caveat in your mind that some of these people have an agenda and they're going to push their agenda, specifically saying that if you don't use a hard chamber, you're not getting hyperbaric. Well, that's certainly not true for many, many reasons. Well, good. Thanks for clarifying that. I appreciate you coming on here and talking about this subject that some may or may not know about, but that can definitely benefit people, especially with those traumatic brain injuries, concussions, diabetic issues. Skin Um, disorders. Yeah, anything that's got inflammation. Perfect. Thank you so much. Have a wonderful day. Be sure and follow Open-Minded Healing so you'll get every new episode as soon as it's released each Tuesday. You can listen on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcasts.